and welcome to Press Church. I'm Marissa Luck. We have our e-bulletin available online with links to our Connect form and website. You can access this by opening the camera app on your iPhone or Android device and pointing it at the QR code on the screen. If you are new with us today, we are so glad you have joined us. Please connect with us by going to presschurch.tv or by snapping the QR code with your device and clicking on the I'm New link. This is not a commitment to anything, but an opportunity for us to support you and thank you for joining us. We will be having a very special Easter service April 17th at 10.30 a.m. This is the perfect time to invite friends or family to join us. If you have somebody you would like to invite, we have invite cards in the lobby. Woven, our women's weekly Bible study, is meeting tomorrow night at 7 p.m. If you are interested in joining or for additional information, please contact Krista Hoffman at cfhoffman at yahoo.com. Our men's Bible study, Men of Courage, meets every Tuesday at 6 p.m. If you are interested in joining or have any questions, please contact Jason Allison at jason.allison at presschurch.tv. Each Monday night from 6 to 8.15 p.m., we partner with the Dream Center in Delaware to deliver groceries to families in need. We build relationships with these families and grow in our faith as we serve others. You can volunteer once or twice a month or even weekly. To find out how to participate, please contact Pastor Jason at jason.allison at presschurch.tv. If you would like to join Press Church in making a difference in this community, there are four ways you can support us financially. If you are visiting a campus in person, there's a box by the back exit of the worship center where you can drop your support as you need. If you would prefer to send a check, please send it to 8794 Big Bear Avenue, Powell, Ohio, 43065. The easiest way to give is by visiting our website or texting any amount to the number 84321. Let's celebrate everything God has given us and support the community, both locally and globally. Now let's prepare to engage what God has for us today. Well, good morning and welcome to Press Church. My name is Sean Lee and I'm lead pastor here. For those of you who are new with us today, we're so glad to have you. And for those of you who are joining us online, uh, welcome. We're glad that you are with us in spirit as well. Or maybe you're watching this after the fact. We're glad that you're watching. So welcome to a cold day in April, right? Everyone's bundled up and ready. Uh, I do want to remind you, so we've got invite cards out in the lobby. We're talking about Easter. It's in two weeks. That's crazy. Two weeks, Easter's here. Um, it's crazy that it's already up that, but up here now, coming. Make sure to grab yourself some of those invites. We got those cards out there. Uh, take them, pass them out. The other thing I wanted to, to mention and remind you guys is every Monday night we are serving uh, through the Delaware Dream Center to hand out meals to families. If this is something that you want to get involved with, please let us know. This is a great opportunity to serve. Uh, Pastor Jason heads this up, and we're, we're in the process. What we, here's what we would like. We would love to be able to go to the Dream Center and say, we will, we will take uh, a team just with our church. We will have a rotation, and we're, we're, we will handle a team. Uh, that's what we'd love to be able to do 
And I think if we had enough people say, hey, I'm willing to do this, you could serve once a month, once every six weeks, and we'd be able to put together a rotation of people that every week could be going. And the nice thing is, and this is something you can talk to Jason about, uh, they have, you see the same families. And so you get, to, you get to know these families, you get to have a relationship with these families, and you get to share, obviously, sharing food, but get to share the love of Christ with them. So if this is something that you've been, like, thinking about, not sure if, like, talk to Pastor Jason, get involved. This is, a, this is an excellent opportunity uh, to serve through our Outreach Center in Delaware. So this is great. Do that. All right. So um, I'm the type of person, I like to do things right. Do we have anybody here that likes to do things right? You're like, I'm going to do it the right, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it the right way. Uh, I'm going to uh, I, I'm like that. I, I've, I've always been like that. I'm like, I, and the reason I want to do it the right way is because I don't, I don't want to screw up. I don't want to look silly. I want to take advantage of the good that you get from doing it right. Am I right? 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 I'm saying right a lot. Uh, and so that's kind of like, that, that's how I am. I don't know if you're into Enneagram at all. CR always says he's not that into Enneagram, but then he tries to tell everybody what Enneagram number they are. Do you, do you have a friend like that that's like, I'm not really into Enneagram, but I think you're... Anyway, so CR thinks I'm a one. I don't know what a one is supposed to be. One is best, right? One is good, <laughs> right? <laughs> All the ones in the room are like, yes, right? I know, nothing, I know very little about it, so I'm not going to pretend. But I want to do what is right. The problem with doing what is right is it can be very preferential. I, I mean, think about it. What's the right speed limit? 75, no matter what the speed limit is, 75, right. What, what's the right topping for a hot dog? <laughs> Some people are like, don't you dare put ketchup on my, on my hot dog. You know, it's like relish or mustard or, you know, you, or, you know, go to Dirty Frank's and you can put whatever you want on it. But mustard, hot mustard, anything. But what is right? What's the right way to do it? Well, whatever you want, I guess. What's the right way to uh, what, what's the right way for toilet paper? Oh, over. It's definitely over. This isn't even debatable. I say this intentionally. This isn't even debatable. We, there should be no conversation about this being right or not. Actually, I think if you look up the patent, I'm pretty sure the patent goes over. So, all you people who go under, you're wrong. Um, <laughs> we're right. Uh, <laughs> But what happens when, okay, obviously we're, we're being, you know, we're, we're joking around, but what happens when, like, the right way is more, or something that's right, what it, when it's more intricate? What if there's more nuance? Like, what's the right thing to do uh, for Ukraine in the war? What's the right thing to do? What's the right thing for us to do? Pray. Pray. Oh, that's, okay, you, you win. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, what's the right answer? Jesus. Jesus is always the right answer. <laughs> Well, you know, when, when, there's, when there's something going on and, and it's difficult and there's, there's a lot of nuance to it, what's, what's the right thing? How do we know when we're doing right? Or how do we know if what we're doing is right? In this series, we, we've said noise is this. I think we have a slide for this. Noise, this is the definition of noise we've been going off of. Noise is the, the voice of evil that distorts what God is telling us to do. So what happens when you think you're doing the right thing? What happens when you think you're hearing it right? What do you do with that? Or what, do you, what, if you, what if you thought you were doing what's right, and then you come to find out, oh, actually, I wasn't right. I wasn't doing good. I think about that. That's the scary thing, like teaching. How many of us have, have changed our opinions over the years? You used to think one way about something, and you were so adamant that that was the way to think about it, and then 10 years later, now all of a sudden it's like, well, 
Maybe it's not so right. You know, before you have kids, you're the best parent. <laughs> oh, you know, oh, why don't the parent, why don't they just do that? If they just, if they just did that, it would be so much easier. So parents, you need to start asking like teenagers and, you know, young 20-somethings what the best way to teach your kid, and you'll find out the best answer. But what about that? What about, you know, when you, when you had something you thought was right, and you found out it was wrong, what do you do with that? Or when you felt like God was telling you to do something, you did it, and it didn't turn out right. How do we know what is right? How do we work through this? How do we work through the complexities of knowing what God is telling us to do? How do we know when it's noise or when it's good? So Pastor CR, Pastor Jason, and myself, we hopped in the car, we continue talking about noise. Let's take a look at this video. So last week we started noise. We made a bunch of noise. Uh, we, we made, we might have added to the noise. We added to the Did noise. Did we add to the noise? <laughs> Let's hope not. We, this Let's is the hope problem. not. Here's the problem. So we get together and we talk through the stuff and we're all like, well, you guys are just like smart and, you know, like to dig into all these philosophical and <laughs> deep theological. And I'm like, sometimes. guys, we got to bring this down yeah. to like <laughs> something that people can actually take in. Well, that's what your job um, is the rest of the time yeah, when you right, talk. Right. <laughs> you got 28 minutes to do all that. <laughs> so we're going to give you all this stuff. We say try a bunch of abstract, it, crazy try, stuff. Try and, <laughs> yeah. No. I, I think, you know, with this, with this coming week, I think one of the, the tough elements of our faith is the reliance on something other than ourselves. You know, we talk about with noise, the voice of God, hearing God, knowing God's will. There's a reliance on something outside of us or bigger than us. Mm. And that's, I think that, that's hard. I mean, what, is the, what does that look like in our lives? Um, because I know, I know this, I can feel this, I can see you, right. I can interact with you, I can sense emotion, I can... Yes, it is reliance on something outside of ourselves, but there is this problem in where, well, the voice of evil can be something outside of ourselves. And right. if we're relying on that... That's a problem, right? Oh, yeah. And and, yeah. and there can be this challenge where we're going, well, I thought that's what I was doing. Mm. Yeah. I thought I was yeah, doing, doing the right thing. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the, the, the if we could put in a quote for this week, I thought I was doing the right thing. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. so often we think we're doing the right thing mm. and we're not doing what God is calling us but to do. But that's not fair. Like, I mean, <laughs> come on, if we're at least trying. Like, why is that got to be a problem? Well, that's what, that's what grace is for. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's I, the beauty. But, but I, like, well, how do you know that? What, what, why would I ever do anything? <laughs> Jason's like, what? I know, come on. <laughs> right. But why would I ever do anything then if, if I might be doing the wrong thing? That can be... Even though I have the right... I, I think that's a win of evil. If it gets yeah. you yeah. to be stuck, if it gets you to be ambivalent, evil is one. Right. Well, yeah, because we're never going to fully have it right. Yes. I think if you go into it thinking you have it fully right, uh, you're, you're probably... Well, you're fooling yourself, but... I mean, that's what I was, I was talking to a friend. <laughs> I'm like, the more that I read scripture, the more that I learn, the more... Honestly, it shows me how much I don't know. It, right. it brings yeah. humility. Yeah. 
how how often we thought we were so right once right. upon a time, <laughs> right? And and then we learn there's new information, and, right. and then we come to a different level of understanding, right. and then we think we're and then we right think we're more in that right moment, or right? whatever. And and that's the thing. Right? All we can do right. is be obedient yeah. unto well, Him, right, because it's not like our rightness is supposed to earn our salvation. <laughs> Jesus didn't yeah, say that's your, your, not scripture. your rightness doesn't. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make you right with God. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, right, right. I, I think we do have a struggle. We have a challenge. We really think that a lot of the ways that we're approaching things or we see things is the right way. And we'll, then we want to inflict that onto other people. Right. right. We, 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 or, yeah. you know, we yeah. want to call them out for not engaging the right that we see, right. which is. Our determined yeah, correct. Our determined correct. Yeah. <laughs> I keep thinking of. That's you know, just your opinion. Yeah. <laughs> I keep thinking it's... of C.S. Lewis, you know, the screw tape letters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that because that this demon, his uncle is writing him letters to help him, to mentor him, to be a better demon. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and I mean, but one of the things that his uncle tells him is you don't have to get them to do horrible things. Just distract them with a bunch of stuff that doesn't matter so mm. that they don't realize the good thing they could be doing. Yes, mm. and so I, when I think about that in the context of what we're talking about, you know, how do we identify the noise in our life that seems good, but isn't the best? It isn't what God is calling us to do. Yeah. So last week we opened up uh, the series defining noise, working through that. We referenced the temptation of Jesus. Um, in the desert, as in Matthew chapter four, and we we worked through three, way, three ways that the that that evil that the devil distorts um, things in our life. So we talked about him distorting our identity. We talked about distorting our need, and then lastly, he talked about distorting purpose. These are three ways that we see in that in that. It's like, all right, you need this, Jesus. You're you're hungry. Turn this stone into bread. And then if you are the son of God, he's talking about his identity there. He's, he's distorting identity. And so these are three ways that we see evil distort for us. But here's the thing. Sometimes that's easier to recognize than others. And that's what we're talking about this week is when we think what, what we're doing is right. How do we know? When the noise seems, when the noise seems right or good, what do we do with that? Uh, if you have your Bibles with you or you want to follow along, we're going to be in Luke chapter 10 today. And it's verses 38 that we're going to start in. This is the story of of Mary and Martha, Jesus and disciples coming and and visiting with with Mary and Martha. So let's read together, starting in verse 38, Luke 10, 38. It says this, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Does anyone else in reading this story like feel a little frustration? Like, there's a little bit of frustration. Like, why is Martha getting the bad rap? She's taking care of everything. Have you ever had that where you're the one doing everything? You're taking care of everything, and it's like, well, well, you're sitting over there on your butt doing nothing. Why don't you come and help me? Come on. 
And it's like we get this, we get this image of like Martha's like the bad one. You know, if, you, if you've heard the story, you know, don't be a Martha. Be a Mary, don't be a Martha. And all you people who are like go-getters and actually get stuff done, you're like, this is a terrible story. I don't know why it's in here. <laughs> like, I'm not reading this story. I don't know what Jesus wanted me to learn out of this, but I don't like it. Like, something's, something's off with this. Uh, I was actually looking through different sermons uh, on Mary and Martha just to hear some other people's takes. And it's funny, like, you have, like, titles like Being a Mary in a Martha World, all right? You, you got these things, like... It's like Martha's like put off, like she's terrible, like she's awful. It's like, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's, that's really what's happening here. Uh, and I don't want to make assumptions. I didn't listen to all these sermons, so I don't know if that's the conclusion they got to. But I, that, there has been this mentality of like Martha is just, she's just the, the bad one, right? It's, it, we're, we're very like black and white. She's bad, Mary's good. Don't be a workaholic. This is, the, this is like the passive people are like love this story. See, you just... Just chill Jesus' feet. Everything's fine. You don't have to do nothing. It's like the hippie, the hippie, the hippie Christianity, right? It's like, oh man, everything's good. Everything's good, man. Just just go with it. And then the do, like the doers are like, no, this is wrong. Something's off with this. And so here's the thing. I don't think uh, Jesus is saying to Mar- I don't think what Jesus is saying to Martha in this or is calling her out for like what she was doing is wrong. I think what it was is Jesus is more calling out what she's worried about. He's calling about what she's worried about. I'm wondering, if, if she would have never said anything, I don't think Jesus would have went to her and like, like, Martha, why are you getting things ready for us? I'm here. Why are you? I don't think he would have done that. Now, again, I'm making assumptions, and I'm not saying that's like scriptural truth, but I'm just saying, I'm thinking through this. The, the problem wasn't that she was getting stuff ready. The problem was her response. The problem was that she was, she was worried about something. And, and what she was saying is, I want Mary to be worried and focused on the things that I'm focused on. She was more concerned about Mary. Why isn't Mary caring about what I'm caring about? Sound familiar? None of us are like that, right? Why can't they think the way that I think? Why can't they care about the things that I care about? Isn't that social media, like going back and forth? You should worry about this. No, you should really worry about this. Why aren't you thinking the way that I'm thinking? Why can't you look at the things that I'm looking at? And we want that. We, we, we find comfort in people, you know, taking on what we think about and caring about what we care about. This is like the, the first time where thinking about others is not a good thing, right? Thinking about what other people are doing over what you're doing. And that's where it's like, I see it, it's like, Martha, Martha, you're concerned about many, many things. And so it wasn't the fact that she was in the wrong. I... I I don't see that in, in the action of taking care of the meal and taking care of the preparations and, and caring in that sense. It was the fact that she was so concerned about somebody else. She was so concerned about somebody else's doing. And we're so like that in our society. We all play the judge, right? We all get to look at what other people are doing and we decide if it's good or not. And then we want everybody else to do what we're doing so that we feel better about what we're doing. And it's, it's just, and then we constantly are bickering about who's actually right and who's actually wrong. And I mean, our society is full of this. Our society is full of people giving their opinion on what they think is right. You got YouTubers who make countless dollars just calling other people out for things that they think are wrong. Or I'm, I, We're all sick of the Will Smith and Chris Rock thing by now, right? Yep, oh my gosh, nobody cares. I don't care what you think about it. 
You are not the moral high ground to get to decide who's right and who's wrong. You don't know these people. You don't know what's going on. I don't care. Sorry. <laughs> Getting a little worked up here. That's our society, though. We care so much about hearing what other people think of these things and who's right and who's wrong and why. And <sighs> Who cares? Who cares? And yet our society is so full of that. It's all these people who want to take the moral high ground and say, oh, what you're doing is, oh, it's so wrong. Did you see what so-and-so did? Oh, so wrong. I mean, we get, the church gets called out for hypocrisy, rightly so sometimes, but I mean, if we look at our culture as a whole, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Everybody wanting to be the better person. Oh, I'm, I do it right. So here's my first point. When we are so focused on what others are doing, we miss the good that we could be doing. We miss it. I think Martha was missing the good that she was doing because she was too concerned with what Mary was doing. All she could think about was what Mary wasn't doing. Not about the good that she was doing, the fact that maybe that, that, that's her, her way of loving and taking care of the people there. I'm gonna do this. And that was actually, it was culturally, uh, it was something that they were expected to, to do. You, you have people coming over. You have people who are going to be in your house. You're going to take care of them. So what she was doing wasn't wrong. It was that she was so focused on what Mary was doing, other people are doing. And when we do the same thing, we miss. We miss the good that we can be doing. We miss what God is calling us to do in the middle of it. Now, I do think we also have one other thing in common uh, with Martha, and that's this. We're very distracted says in the verse that Mary was distracted by all the preparations. What happens when you're distracted? You can't focus on what matters. You're clouded by everything else that's going on. Have you ever, uh, think about distracting noises. Have you ever been to a concert or a church service and you, you're hearing feedback, something's feeding back? You can't hear what the person is saying. You can't focus on what's going on. Or maybe they're static, you're getting this little like click in the background and all you can think about is that click. You can't hear anything of what they're saying. Think about this, here, do a little, do a little uh, exercise here. All right, I'm talking here. Wouldn't this be kind of annoying if, you know, I'm just talking and, you know. Hi, wait, wait, huh, sorry, sorry, you heard what I said, no? If I was actually saying something important there, you wouldn't have recognized it. You wouldn't have known. You're like, uh, you're cutting out. Uh, you're cu no, you're, uh, you're cutting out. No, uh. There's nothing. You're distracted. And so in that distraction, you, you don't hear anything worthwhile. You don't, you don't get any valuable information. What do you focus on? You're focusing on the issue. You're distracted by the issue. And the thing is, us as a society, we're very distracted. We have a very distracted society. And it's hard to focus on. What do you focus on? How do you focus? What are you supposed to focus on? COVID, the war, politics, social media, sports, business, school, work, schedules. What am I going to eat tonight? Where are we going to go on vacation? What's going on? Who's paying the bills? And it's like all of a sudden, it's like it's weighing. It's, and all these things are taking your attention. What's the new variant? What am I supposed to do? How am I, is there a new booster? What am I supposed to do? Should I take the vaccine? Is the vaccine good? I don't know. Who do I trust? 
What's actually going on in Ukraine? Who do we trust? What news source is right? And we're so distracted by this influx of information. You just, you, you, you can't make up, up is down and down is up. And you're like, I don't know what to think. And we're exhausted and we're tired. I found an article about this overload of information. What's funny is this, this article was from 2015, but the stat that they shared was from 2011. And I'm gonna read this. It says, in 2011, Americans took in five times as much information every day as they did in 1986. That's in 2011, so over 10 years ago. They took in five times as much information as on a daily basis. They said that's the equivalent of 174 newspapers. So that's back in 2011. You can imagine now, it probably hasn't gotten better. It says, during our leisure time, not counting work, each of us processes 34 gigabytes or 100,000 words every day. So outside of work, outside of what you're doing in your leisure time, you're taking in 100,000 extra words. It says the world's 21,000 television stations produce 85,000 hours of original programming every day as we watch an average of five hours of television daily, the equivalent of 20 gigabytes of audio video images. That's not counting YouTube, which uploads 6,000 hours of video every hour. How are you supposed to think straight? Like we're taking in so much. This, one of the lines it says, we, ha we can have trouble separating the trivial from the important. And all this information processing makes us tired. Anybody feel tired? I feel tired. It's tiring taking in all that in, trying to process all that. And we're so distracted. We're distracted by all this extra. What happens when you're tired? What do you do when you're tired? You, oh, you make, I was about to say you make really good decisions, right? <laughs> I was being, obviously. Yes. You make bad decisions. You don't choose wisely. So how do we find clarity and focus in a distracted world? How do we find, how, how, how can we focus when we have all this coming at us? And I basically put it like this. Your proximity greatly impacts your focus. Your proximity greatly impacts your focus. Why do I say this? Because if we look, nothing against Martha, but she was away. She was outside. Where was Mary? Mary was right at Jesus' feet. What was she focused on? She wasn't focused about all the hoopla going on and all the different people. She was focused on Jesus. She was close to Jesus. Again, I don't think all the, some of the things that Martha was doing is necessarily wrong, but she was worried and upset about many things, and she was distracted about these things, and she was worried about Mary. And where's Mary? She's at Jesus' feet. This posture of, of sitting at Jesus' feet um, was the same posture of Jewish scholars. They would, they would listen to their rabbi. They would sit and listen to their rabbi. And it's, it's, it implies a, a love. There's a love that's implied by sitting at their feet. There's an acceptance of teaching. There's a, the readiness to learn. 
And so you see Mary, there's a lot going on here. She's sitting and she's, she's focused and she's caring and she's taking in and she's learning. Where was her focus? Jesus. That's all she was worried about, Jesus. And I think there's many of us who would benefit from sitting and listening to the words of Jesus. Sitting in the presence of God, sitting and getting away from the extra, getting away from the distractions. There's a thing about Mary, if, if you look, you can see other occurrences of this. In, in John chapter 12, I think it's verse 3, it shows her again at Jesus' feet. There's this theme with Mary that she's focused on Jesus. She's, she's, she goes to Jesus and as we're talking about distractions, if we are distracted, we miss the better that God has. There's something better. Jesus even says that to, to, to Martha. Few things are needed, even one. Mary has chose what is better. He didn't say, oh, you terrible person, how could you be doing this? No, he said, Mary chose what's better. And as we're talking about noise, a serious noise, and thinking about noise, all the devil wants for us is to not be focused on what, for us to not be focused on what God wants us to focus on. As Jason said in the video, talking about just keep them distracted, and they won't think about the good that they could be doing. So what does God want? What does God want for us? And he says, there's one thing, this one thing that I want, one thing that's important, and so my last slide is this, and it encompasses it, is this. If you're not in the room with Jesus, you're in the wrong room. And obviously this is a, this is a mental picture for us, but you're, if you're not in the room with Jesus, you're in the wrong room. This, we see this, this one thing come up a few, a few different times in Scripture, this one thing. In Luke chapter 18, we see the rich young ruler come to Jesus. And verse 22 mentions that Jesus said to him, you still lack one thing. This one thing you lack you want to do all this good stuff? Fine, but it's, it's me, it's Jesus. In Psalm 27, 4, we see David say this, one thing I ask from the Lord, one thing I ask, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all my days, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. One thing, this one thing, I want to be close to Jesus. I want to be close to God. And then in Philippians 3, 13 and 14, it's somewhat of a, a theme verse for us. Brothers and sisters, I do not count myself yet to have taken a hold of it, but one thing I do, one thing I do, here's the one thing, forgetting what is behind, straining toward what is ahead, I press on. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This one thing. You can do all this other stuff. Okay, fine. You're missing it. You're distracted. Your focus is off. This one thing, it's better. Are you hearing a lot of noise in your life? Are you unsure of what is right? 
Maybe ask yourself, who am I in proximity to? Who do I surround myself with? Where do I get my information from? I keep seeing this. Jesus is saying, you're worried about many things. You're worried about so many other things. You're distracted. David says, what's one thing I ask? Paul, one thing I do. And then Jesus, one thing is needed. One thing is needed. It's me. It's Jesus. Come sit at my feet. Come worship me. Listen to my voice. Listen to what I teach. You'll see your focus change. You'll see distractions start to fade away a little bit. Your priorities will start to change. Focus will happen. Let us be focused on the better, the one thing that truly matters. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this time together. I thank you for your presence in our lives. And God, as we are working through this together, God, I pray that we would seek the better that you have. And we find that better when we are close to you. We can easier see that better when we're close to you. When we make you a priority, when we pray, when we read your word, when we fellowship with other people, God, that encourage us to stay close to you. God, I pray for the hearts and minds of each of us here in this time that we're very tired and we're worn out and there's a lot of this extra stuff that's just distracting us, God. And we pray against this extra noise that's distracting us from your will, God, from the will that you want for us, for what you want from us, God. I pray that you would help us sense the thing that you want for us. That we wouldn't be burdened by this. It wouldn't be a, uh, I'm afraid to mess up, but that we rejoice in the fact that you're with us and that you lead us and that you guide us. And God, I ask that for all of us today, that we would sense your Holy Spirit guiding and leading us, God. God, be with us. We love you. In your name we pray, amen.